Inner Voice, a heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Break free from the forces holding you back. Get the life you deserve. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, decrease depression, and start living your full potential. Thousands have used Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory, an evidence-based behavioral health breakthrough with incredible life-changing results. Getting rid of past trauma, having fulfilling relationships, increasing earnings, and living their best life. Now, the Fujian app is available to everyone. The app is Dr. Fujian Zane's Awareness Integration Theory in the palm of your hand. Download the Fujian app today. Do you wish to wake up one day and hit the Life Reset button? Life Reset, the awareness integration path to create the life you want by Dr. Fujian Zane, helps you navigate crucial life areas, heal the past traumas, and cultivate fulfilling relationships and careers. Life Reset is your guide to a profound journey to reshape your life. Grab your copy on Amazon or Audible now and embark on a path to a more joyous and fulfilled life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice Podcast, a heartfelt chat with my guest and you beautiful listeners and viewers. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. It's so great to be with all of you today. Um, in this episode... I chat with Dr. Fred Moss, who's a mental health advocate. He's a psychiatrist serving in many capacities. He's a keynote speaker, psychiatry expert witness, podcaster, mental health coach, and teacher. He is the creator of Welcome to Humanity and the True Voice course, Healing the Healer and Global Madness. As the founder of the Welcome of Humanity movement and the True Voice mastermind and methodology, Dr. Fred now finds himself making the difference he actually came here to make. His years in the community where he has been a physician to over 40,000 patients and his storied and adventurous life traveling around the world has left them uniquely qualified to remind us of what we already know. Communication is where love arises from and speaking the truth and listening authentically is the source of that love. He's the author of Creative Eight, Healing Through Creativity and Self-Expression, and Find Your True Voice, which are the two books we actually talk about today. He's written many articles for Psychology Today, and he actually won the award for the best essay, the 2019 Conference for Global Transformation, which was titled Global Madness, What Must Happen to Unite? You can find him at drfred360.com or welcometohumanity.net. I hope that you have as greatest conversation and enjoy the conversation that we had. I really enjoyed our conversation. So subscribe to my podcast and my YouTube channel. Connect with me through my website, fujanzane.com or any of the social media. Share with me your thoughts. And I'd love to hear with you. Now, without further ado, here's Dr. Fred Moss. Intentional Parenting, a practical guide to awareness integration theory, Written by Dr. Jafari, Dr. Fujian Zain, and Dr. Manukian, three expert in human development, is your step-by-step -step guide to raising a healthy child prepared for a culturally integrated world. You're supported in parenting infants to adolescents using the latest evidence-based scientific research on parenting. Order your copy on Amazon now.
Welcome, Dr. Fred Moss. It's so nice to have you with me. Uh, it's really great to be here. Thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Same here. Same here. I was looking at two of your books, mm -hmm. and um, one of them is Find Your True Voice, 10 Insights to Finally Get Your Message Heard. And then the other one, Creative 8, which is healing through creativity and self-expression. So I'd really like to talk a little bit about who you are that has brought these two expression from you to the rest of us. I know, um, obviously, from um, you know the intro, people already got your bio, they know. But who are you who has brought these two amazing books to the rest of us? Yeah, so... Look, I'm somebody who really stands for all of us having our capacity to share our to know that we're heard and that what we do and what we are matters. And I've been that for my whole life. I've, I can't remember a time where I wasn't that. I, in fact, my family tells me I was born into that. And like upon arrival hit the time clock. I had two older brothers, 10 and 14 years older than me. And, um, you know, my parents and they were doing whatever teenagers and parents do when I arrived. And my job was to bring joy and peace and communication to a family that was in a fair amount of chaos and disarray. So I've always been a proponent. I've always been enchanted with the whole idea of self-expression. And given that I was the third boy, it was my job, at least how I saw it, to eventually grow up to be accepted as a boy by my brothers. So the way to do that was to be a spectacular speaker. And they had given me all the tools I needed. They precociously, you know, taught me about sex and drugs and rock and roll long before I even entered elementary school. So when I arrived in elementary school, I knew how to read. I knew how to do some math. I knew about a little bit about those issues I just said, way more than the average kindergartner, for sure. And I was ahead of the pack, and I was a speaker. And I really knew, you know, I talked a lot in school. And um, there's no elementary school teacher who forgot having Fred as a student. I'm pretty positive about that. And, you know, I was really smart, though. And so I would get all A's except in, like, conduct. And then I would get a U. And, or you know, and I had years and years of that. And... The whole idea was learning how to communicate effectively. That's what I wanted. And I, I was unstoppable as a speaker until I really learned that I wasn't going to learn how to speak in school. So, and neither were the kids that were being shut down. And I became a proponent for them and I to actually speak and be understood for who we are and who we aren't. And I did this as early as elementary school. And then later on in junior high and high school, really being someone who felt like people needed to communicate. Uh, we weren't learning how to communicate in school. We were learning how to sit down and shut up and regurgitate what was the teacher was doing in order to pass grades. But after school or between classes or, you know, when I was not in school, that's where I was learning how to communicate. And eventually really got to the point where I could see that you can communicate without even using words. They could communicate through art, through music, through dancing, through singing, through drama and cooking you know, all the creative things that we do. And when we create, I later learned after I came into the mental health field uh, about 44 years ago as a uh, child care worker at a state mental health facility, after I dropped out of college for the second time because college wasn't teaching me how to communicate, um, you know, what I really learned is that, that 
speaking and being someone who really matters, it requires a self-expression and self-expression can come in so many ways. Like you can actually say things or not say things or do things or not do things and be heard. And most of us have over time learned how to pretend to be someone that we're not in order to protect the person that we are. What's so strange about that is that everybody understands what I'm talking about. And when I think about it, I'm like, how can you possibly understand what I just said? Are you, what are we doing pretending to be someone that we're not as a intention of trying to protect the person that we are? It seems so absurd. It's so ludicrous, so preposterous. And I became and really have developed naturally into helping people communicate effectively, seeing that when we communicate and when we connect, all our troubles disappear too. Like while we're connecting, while we're in a resonating harmonic experience with another person, whatever kind of depression or anxiety or fear or regret or resentment or any kind of imbalance whatsoever goes away instantly in the process of connecting with any other human being. I began to see that as I learned to be a child care worker and then a mental health worker and then a medical student and then a resident and then an intern and now a doctor, like really learning, you know, um, it was actually went internship, then residency, then fellow, then doctor. Um, what I learned is that, you know, at the essence of all healing is essentially a human connection. And what Find Your True Voice is using um, the book, that's the book, it uses podcasts as a template, actually, teaching people that this platform right here is the best platform to learn how to communicate that has ever existed on Earth and certainly the best platform that exists nowadays. Like you own the material that we're doing here, and we really are free to speak our mind here any way we want to and then deliver it to whoever wants to hear it. That's not true anywhere else in any other um mass communication platform. So that book teaches people uh, about podcasting. Yeah, like really teaches people about how podcasting is a great template to understand like, um, you know, what it's like to be a host, what it's like to be a guest and what it's like to be a listener. Because one way or another, we are all one of those three things in any given moment. So I love using podcasting as the backdrop for that book and for my course called the True Voice Course. Truevoicecourse.com shows people how to communicate using, I don't know, six modules and, um, you know, uh, uh, like 54 lessons and, you know, 72 page workbook, 54 prompts, uh, 18 lessons, 54 prompts and a 72 page workbook. And it really just helps people dig down to what's going on in your core, what's going down in the middle. Because if you can get to that and create some authentic self-expression of that, then you will create the space for other people in your presence to find theirs as well. And that's where you're going to get that reson resonating harmony, which is the essence of healing, the essence of love, and the essence of connection. And that's why we all came here in the first place was to be heard for who we were, to be actually witnessed for who we were and what it is that we had to express. So in the other book, we look at self-expression through, you know, self-expression and healing uh, through creativity, which of course is 
any of the um, any of the person the uh, any of the uh, visual or performing arts. Thank you for that. Exactly. And uh, both of these books are available on my page, drfred360.com, where you can get uh, a PDF or you can order the book um, for the mere shipping and handling. And I get that to you right away. Um, and I really appreciate both these books and the opportunity to, to speak. I've always been a speaker and it's very clear that's what I like doing. I love being guests on podcasts and I love hosting my own podcast as well. Beautiful. One of the things that uh, you just said was uh, the concept of uh, what it takes to be uh, in a har harmony in communication is authenticity. And then in your book, finally uh, through voice, you share about the distinction between authenticity and identity. You say, if you don't address the confusion between the two, then your actions will be a function of an adopted reaction uh, to a previous challenge. And this means that you will be headed in a direction that is informed by your past and therefore only serves to support the adopted reaction. And then you share about authenticity. Um, can you share with me and everyone who's with us uh, the distinction really about the authenticity and what authenticity is and how can we have the authentic communication? Uh, what part of us needs to be out? Because you talk about the true self, you talk about true voice. And I think there's a confusion sometimes about what is it, you know, what is it? When I hear myself, there's so many conversations up there which one is it? You know, there's a uh, there's a part of me that is all my desires. There's a part of me that disciplines me. There's a part of me that has all of these conversations. Well, which one is my authentic self and my true voice? So, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, your authentic self is when your your you know your actions, your thoughts, and your speech are consistent with each other, and you're actually aligned with something in your core value system. What's interesting about an authentic self is it's always been there, always will be there. It is there for you, and you know when you're violating it. Here's the truth. You know when you're saying something that even you don't agree with. You know when you're acting in a way that's inconsistent with what you know to be true or what you should or know yourself to be able to do. You know that because you have a little police in you that compares what you're doing to this authentic self. And you know when you're expressing your truest voice. Now you've got all these things, right? You got your you got your, the one who's disciplining you, the one who's your desires, the one who um, you know, is uh, sitting still or feeling confused. Guess what? They're all authentic. There's not one that's more authentic than the other. When you become inauthentic is when you start pretending to be somebody else. It's when you start actually um, you know, saying things you don't mean or not saying things at all that you know you should say. Now, either of those things lead to a massive amount of inauthenticity. And inauthenticity is what we end up being inside of this world of identity that the book points to. We end up being a product of our past. Different things that happened to us in our past had us recoil or run away or contract in one way or another. And then we never fix that crack in the cement. But if we go back now and move the things that are out of the way, um, move the things that are in the way out of the way, what we'll find underneath it all is that same self that's been there your whole life that really does have a meaning for what it you know has a purpose, has a function, knows itself to be true when you're true. How do you notice? 
Well, the, if you can look people in the eye and speak openly without, you know, without muffling your words, actually speaking your truth and know that it might not be your truth tomorrow. It's just your truth right this moment. You're starting to approach authenticity. Now, here's another truth. We don't ever get to be 100% authentic. And why is that? Because we're using linear speech in a nonlinear world to describe our experience. Obviously, each of every experience we have has multi-different dimensions associated with it. We pick a thread and try to describe the whole experience of what's going on. And there will be things that are generally naturally missing from the way that we describe our experience. You can't really describe experiences anyways. We're only using words. You know, if we say, I'm tired, or I'm excited, or I'm afraid, we assume the other person has a clue what we're talking about. But we don't have a great understanding of what these experiences really are using words. We have a shared understanding. I can tell when I think you're afraid because I see you looking like I would look like if I was you if I was afraid. That's the best I can do with this whole thing. So we're always inauthentic in our speaking and our self-expression, but we certainly can approach the North Star of full authenticity by getting that there is a core person here, a core human being who's able to resonate with humanity that is eager to get out and eager to speak and will in fact feel I, I guess more pure and honest and genuine when expressed than when we're trying to lie or shirk or duck and jive away from what it is that we really know we should be expressing. So there's a lot of um, emphasis on um, speaking your true voice as you're coming across. There's also this emphasis on any type of self-expression. So I'm assuming when you're talking about the true voice, you're not just saying with the words that, but the, there's a part of us that also uh, expresses in a whole different realm. And maybe we can, even sometimes when we're not al um, allowing ourselves to share verbally, um, we have the ability to share in so many other ways. And that's also another authentic way to bring it. I've even noticed that when society somehow um, has shut us down that we couldn't talk if we were in a specific culture, if our family's culture wouldn't allow us to share something, if the corporate culture wouldn't allow us to share something. And, you know, we adhered to that because we wanted to get the reward somehow. And so we shut ourselves up. Uh, other ways of expression, which you've shared in the uh, Aid Creative, allows us to express that authentic self in so many ways. So therefore, we don't feel um, held back and completely clogged. That if, even if we choose at one point not to share in one expression, it's, it's beautiful to share in all other expressions that we can. Yes, exactly. So you, you touch on some great points there. You know, I found eight different criteria for the creative eight, and it's since grown to 10 or 11, depending on how you count. And then there's a trump card and the, the last way to really express ourselves. And the eight things I found were art, music, dancing, singing, drama, cooking, writing and gardening. I've since added um, cleaning and photography. And then there's poetry as well. So there's an opportunity here to express ourselves using other formats. 
And we can see that when we look or when we create art, for instance, if you look at a Dali painting or you look at a Picasso painting, you get an experience of, of expression that his words could never have really embraced. Not, none of these artists, you know, even like George O'Keefe, you know, you, you see these paintings, you're like, whoa, you know, and the same thing holds true when you're dancing or when you're singing or when, you know, in fact, you're gardening or um, playing music. Now, those are forms of self-expression that use multi-dimensions that words don't actually get, you know, get uh, access to. But the problem, if there is a problem, is we don't really know what the listener is experiencing. So we can't be entirely precise. And if, if our decision, if our interest is being precise, then art is not the way to get that done. Because, you know, you get, if you do look at a Picasso, uh, you get whatever, whatever you get when you're looking at it, but you don't get what I get. You know, we get different expressions of it. With words, at least we all hear the same words and have a shot of being a little bit more precise. Which yep. is an agreement. We, with words, we've created some agreement around exactly what one of those might mean. Whereas an, uh, from an art perspective, I think it's a lot more of the releasing of expression and not necessarily the uh, communication of expression uh, back and forth. Exactly right. You're, you're, we don't often get the opportunity to go back and forth with the artist. That's right. Um, and, you know, my wife's an artist and I get to speak with her when she's doing her art and kind of get an idea of what's going through her mind. But, you know, what's interesting is what's going through her mind or her vessel as she puts paint on a canvas has nothing to do with the art usually and nothing to do with what I see in the art. It's just sort of a, a, a flow of creativity that allows for paint to arrive on a canvas in a certain, you know, in a certain form formula. Um, or a certain formation. So another thing we really can get is we do not, we, we cannot not communicate. Right. It just, you cannot not communicate. No matter what you're doing, you're communicating. Right. So when we pretend not to communicate or pretend to say things that we don't mean, this is, this be very, this is very transparent. Yeah. And it leaves people really, you know, in a troubling state. And it's so pervasive these days, however, that we're always with people who are pretending to be people who they aren't, including ourselves. So to take little deep, little digs, you know, to uh, begin to really explore what does it mean to be closer to me? How can I get closer to saying that which really matters to me? I invite people to take those steps incrementally with the people inside of their most inner circle. Maybe today, after you hear this conversation, go out to someone you love and actually say something you've never said before. You can do that. Or go out and express something that you've never expressed before. You can do that. And you'll see how contagious and, and um, how compelling and intriguing it is to do that. It is. There's a there's a piece um, that brought for me, which was the price that sometimes you have to pay. Sometimes there's a beautiful price you pay. And sometimes there's a surprising, beautiful, um, positive uh, result that gets created. But I think most people are afraid 
of the negative consequences. Also, I've noticed that many times when you share, like, can you be honest or can you be authentic? People, for some reason, go into the element of criticism as if like the honesty is, oh, the, the things that I have held back, uh, now I get you know, the carte blanche to say it and whatever I've held back have been the criticism that I have. But sometimes we see that we also hold back our love because we're afraid of maybe rejection, maybe getting too close, maybe we getting suffocated, whatever it is. But there is something we hold back and the only reason we're holding back is because we don't want to face the price of whatever it is. So it also takes a courage to step outside and communicate fully and be willing to pay the price. Yeah, and the price is not inevitable, let's face it. Uh, mostly the anticipated fear of how it's gonna go once you communicate uh, authentically doesn't actually materialize at all. You're only afraid that you're going to you know, disrupt or distract, or maybe they're going to throw you off the island, or maybe they're gonna uh, dismiss you, or maybe they're you know, going to ostracize you or disenfranchise you if you say what you really mean. Those fears live as ferocious. However, when you actually step into your words, the likelihood of any of that actually happening is quite minimal. Um, you're, and here's the thing, when you pretend to be someone you're not, it's going to happen anyways. It doesn't even protect you. The, all, instead, you're being rejected still at the same rate. But what's interesting is it's not you think it's not you that's being rejected because who you presented was someone who wasn't you. So seemingly it doesn't hurt as bad because you are actually not being real when you were when you were expressing whatever you expressed in the first place. It leaks all over the place. It really does. It yeah. Really does. Yeah. It, it's, it shows. And it's interesting that because we hide something that we assume and have the delusion that other people don't see it. And uh, that's, I think, where the delusion is versus your um, verbal, nonverbal cues um, are constantly talking. So even if you're telling somebody, I love you, but your face is holding back. If you're telling somebody, I, you know, um, I love you, but the, the anger or whatever else it is back there is still showing up, that's where all of the other pieces uh, are. And as you said, all of those pieces are part of who you are and part of the authenticity, but just because you don't share it doesn't mean other people don't get it. However, if you share it, then you could be responsible for how you share it and how they sure. can hear it. And if you don't, you're kind of leaving it up to them to have a lot of assumptions without any type of reality check. So. Right. Really great point. Again, when we talk about authenticity, what we're not talking about is going to the top of the mountain and screaming out loud how much you hate your mother-in-law or something like that. That's not authentic. What we're really talking about when we're talking about authenticity is moving that needle forward. And what is the number one ingredient of being able to do that? We haven't talked about it yet, but it is the number one ingredient of being able to share authentically. And that's in the world of listening. Actually listening to what's being called for. What can move the needle forward in the conversation? Where can I be of service? Where can I make a difference? What does this other person really want from me? What are we really looking for as we create a communication, a connection with each other? When we start listening for that, like getting ourselves out of the way and being very present for what the circumstances or the other person is asking us to provide, 
we then can communicate much more effectively, especially leaning at that point on our true and honest self, which will be welcome in that situation. People really want authenticity. Have you ever noticed? It was you know, in the middle of what you said, you said a beautiful sentence. I just want to make sure I say this because you, you wrote this beautiful sentence uh, based on what you just said was authenticity is linked to being of service and having a beneficial impact on others so that there is a notable sense of positive change arising as a function of others having been in contact with you. Exactly. That's beautifully written. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, I, exactly. I couldn't say it. I, I couldn't say it better because I that was the best I chose it. Exactly. I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt, but you were you were going along to another topic, and I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I have to say this sentence that was so beautifully done because that's the element of the connection you were talking about. The connection that this is the authenticity because this is what I got from this. The authenticity isn't just, it isn't about me and the part of, you know, let me tell you how I hate so-and-so. It's about you. And you're sharing the concept of authenticity. You are associating it with how can I be that as I am with you, the influence or the impact that this dynamic creates that is beneficial with you. And I've left you in a space where you've grown and, and all. So, and I, and I think, wouldn't that also be a part of my intentionality in being authentic? So wouldn't that intentionality be that this is something about us as a humanity? Because you, you talk about humanity a lot and you have the you know movement of humanity as, as part of this. So it's like, it's about us, the connection, and how I can at any point be in order, like you said, to move the needle up for us all and not just the narcissistic me. Exactly. So a lot of people, you know, they think that being authentic is just like dumping stuff off our chest. You know, if we feel uncomfortable or we feel regretful or we feel anxious or we feel disturbed in any way... It feels like, especially if we want to be like vindictive or something like if we just slam them back, that's going to feel good. Or if we throw them to the ground, that'll be good. If we just let them know how much they uh, are irritating us, that'll be good. In reality, that's not the level of authenticity I'm talking about either. It needs to be useful. It needs to actually make an impact in the direction that's intended. And if you can make an impact in another person's life by actually becoming the we, like you said, connecting harmonically in a unified intention with another person. When we can do that, that's where we're likely actually approaching our own authentic selves. You know, Henry David Thoreau said that the mass of men go through life in quiet desperation and then go to their graves with their songs still in them. Isn't that sad? When you really start thinking about it, is there anything more tragic than living an entire life and never having anybody actually know who you really were? I mean, it takes something to live life, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of divisiveness out here. And it, you know, there's a lot of difficulties and hurdles. And when we talk about authenticity, it gives us, it gives us a pathway to actually connect with people we disagree with. This is where I was going before. The idea that 
have you ever noticed that even if you're sitting with somebody who you're at your, you know, who is, you know, essentially diametrically opposed to you in a particular hot topic. And, you know, there are topics like that in this world, right? There are some things where you think something and other people think something totally opposite. When that's the case, have you noticed that you can actually listen to that person if they're actually being authentic? Yes. Yes. That's the measure. It is not what they say. It's where they're coming from when they say what they say. But you are checking if they're actually coming from a true authentic self, you can actually converse with them. You can have a conversation and even respect, believe it or not, what they're saying, even though it's diametrically opposed to you. Authenticity is way more powerful than agreement. Mm -hmm. What we want from other people all the time is to be authentic. When people are inauthentic, we feel it, even if they're on our team. There's also, there's a, a shared beauty in the differences. Uh, exactly. When we are authentic, I think um, there's a respect in the differences that are there and enjoyment in the similarities, but definitely respect in some of the differences that can be there and we could be, you know, hearing it and, and uh, being with it. I've had a lot of guests in, on my podcast where we completely oppose each other. And um, you're absolutely right. When there's no other intention in, you know, bullying or uh, pressuring or any other thing that shows up with it, and it's truly someone's belief, I'm, I'm intrigued. Intrigued. Exactly. About, you know, I want to know your world. That in your world, that's what is true. Exactly. And I think this is what we do as um, therapists. This is what we create in the room and um, in a therapy room, which is the listening, this crisp listening with high regards and respect so that people can become authentic you know take the guards off share and actually get to know who they are which they've hid behind and in that element of safety and listening the more they become authentic the more they get to like themselves actually exactly yeah the more they like themselves they're more out to bring their true voice out and express themselves freely because they're, they don't need to hide. It's just, I'm out. I'm out because I like myself. And I think if I like myself, you probably will like me too. Exactly. <laughs> so that way I'm expressing it. Exactly. That's exactly right. You know, that's what, that's why the First Amendment, I mean, I don't want to get too political about this, but freedom of speech is, a, is a, a really important. And, you know, the fact is the biggest threat to humanity right now is not what we think it is. You know, it's not COVID, it's not the next pandemic, it's not wars in Ukraine or Israel, it's not racism, it's not sex trafficking, it's not climate. None of those things are the biggest threat in the world. Now, let's make it very clear. I'm not diminishing any of those things. They all could take down humanity. They, each and every one of them is calamitous. Each one of them is destruction like we've never seen before. I get that. And I'm not diminishing that. But I would say that the greatest threat in the world is that we are not speaking our true voice to each other. Why is that? Because in order to deal with any of those that I just named and any problem you're having interpersonally or internally, you're going to need to come to grips with your true voice and share it with other people. Or this is over. We're done. 
The only way we're getting past any of those things is through honest to goodness, sheer and total core level, authentic conversations. If we can't have those, this we're done. Really kiss a goodbye, put a fork in it. It's over. So it is by far, it's like having a fire in a big city the, it, and not having uh, access to the fire engines. The fire engine is conversation. The city will burn to a crisp if we can't bring, if we can't bring um, the, the the fire extinguishers, and if the fire trucks are not allowed in the city, then that city is done. We are burning. We are burning as humanity. We are scorching, and if we can't bring our conversation over, really, it it's pretty bleak future. And and that goes with the first unit, which is family, all the way up to the society and then the country and the world. Exactly. exactly. You know, even in the family system, if we're not able to be able to do that, then um, we're burned. Because in any in any way of living together, we need to be able to negotiate and collaborate. And how are we going to negotiate and collaborate if? There is no authentic conversation around it. There has to be one before we can actually do the collaboration, negotiation and collaboration. So I totally agree with with that. Um, What is it that people can do from your perspective and how you have overcome it? um, And I can share how I have overcome it. in go in finding the courage to do it, in opening ourselves to be able to do, you know, one um, finding our own authenticity and true self and true voice, and then having the courage to just share it, to be out there and uh, you know connect with others. Sure, uh, you know it's easier to be true to ourselves than it is to make up stories, and once you start doing that, you see that there's ease and grace, and you know very high value in actually speaking who you really are. Number one, you don't have to remember anything. You don't have to remember who you told what to when. You actually just need to speak from where you are at any given moment. And it's it's contagious. It feels great. It's a fantastic purity that comes forth when I'm digging into what do I really think and then being able to express it through words or other means. So what I do suggest to people, if you're really interested in having a life that works better than your present life does, is go in your inner circle and share this. Take incremental steps towards telling someone who you haven't told in a long time that you do love them, or maybe admitting to someone, a friend, that you did steal $20 from them eight years ago. You know, it's possible to just share truths and see that the world, the sky doesn't fall in that situation. Then there is like a new level of music and flexibility that that ends up showing up, a new level of capacity to spread wings, to be together with yourself and to be with others. When, when you're with others, and I notice this, the more authentic I'm being in any given moment, the people who are around me find their own authenticity as a function of that, and we all feed off of each other. There is nothing more that we want in the world, all 8 billion of us, than to be heard for who we really are. We want to be seen and heard for who we really are. And the way that we need to do that is through communication. There are a lot of methods of communication out there. And once you start realizing that pretending to be someone else 
A, doesn't protect you. And B, is way harder work than just being authentic. Then it becomes something that is actually the finer choice, the lowest or orbital, the you know the shortest distance between two points. My experience has been that I um, have much less anxiety. I Isn't don't, that right? I don't have anxiety nor depression when I am authentically out there, not hiding anything, not even hiding anything toward myself or from myself. So. It's interesting that now, even if when somebody comes to my office with high level of anxiety, one of the questions I ask is, what are you hiding? Yeah. Because definitely the part of us that keeps hiding is always going to be uh, afraid of find, being found out. Exactly. So, you know, as I put it out, that's done. The other part, I think maybe it came out with age, but it was at one point, I'm like, you know what? It's okay if you don't like me. I need to be responsible for how I come across to you, for me not to be rude or harmful. But if I'm if I'm holding that intention of no harm to anyone and you know just you know just being myself, it's okay if you don't like me. I don't have to pretend to be someone else just for you to like me. Now again, that came with age. That did not show yeah. up at an yeah. early age. And that could be a fundamental concept of, you know, the, the wisdom of the developmental stage. I don't know. Yeah. But I know those two pieces really, really supported me to start just being and sharing and, you know, I, not holding back. And obviously, appropriately, there are appropriate places where, you know, some form of communication some form of communication might not be okay. It's not that the message is not, you know, we need to also have the wisdom of what's appropriate, where and how to say it, but still taking that uh, authenticity and to share it out there. Exactly. Um, anything we haven't shared, Dr. Moss, that you really need to share with everybody to know? Yeah, I think the uh, the next thing is, is that... <clears throat> You know, once we begin to be authentic with ourselves, we start get really being able to ask the question about what is mental health and what is mental illness. And my understanding of mental health is really just the capacity to be able to share with another and connect with another human being in love, to actually get another person to get you and to get another person. So once we do that, we start seeing that mental illness itself, as a psychiatrist, I've had a fair amount of experience with mental illness at least the, the notion of mental illness, is a very vague concept, extremely nebulous, extremely undefined or, well, or poorly defined. And because of that, the time has come for a massive shift in the narrative of the, you know, a massive transformational shift in the narrative of what it means to be mentally healthy and mentally ill. Maybe there's, maybe there's nothing wrong with you. That's what I want people to get. Maybe just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. We do not blame a log for burning in a fire. It's burning out here. We both said it. It's scorching out here. It's flaming out here. There's bonfires out here. And it's okay to be uncomfortable with the way the world is going. And it might even be healthier to be uncomfortable than it is to be comfortable. Many people come to a psychiatrist thinking that because they're depressed or because they're afraid or because they're anxious or nervous or because they're confused or because they can't get all the stuff off their desk every day or because they've hurt people or because they have rapid thoughts every so often or mood changes 
that there's something wrong with them. Maybe, just maybe, there's nothing wrong with you. And maybe the opportunity comes to avoid having to go down the conventional route to the psychiatric industrial complex and consider other ways of finding your own true health through self-expression and radical listening. Beautiful. So everyone, please get these books. Find your true voice. Uh, 10 insights to family, I'm sorry, to finally get your message heard. And um, the creative eight, healing through creativity and self-expression. Thank you so much, Dr. Fred Moss. Where did you go? I lost you. Oh, oh, there you are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. My pleasure. It's been a great conversation as I expected. Thank you so much. Can you share one more time where people can find you? Yeah, the best place to find me or find out what I'm up to is at Dr. Fred, drfred360.com. And then there's also my older website, which is uh, welcometohumanity.net, which is the movement you talked about earlier. And is, these days it's self-explanatory. So drfred360.com and welcometohumanity.net. And you get access to all my social media handles from there. Beautiful. And for all of you who are out there, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye. Eliminate stress, reduce anxiety, and decrease depression. Dr. Fujian Zane's awareness integration theory has helped thousands like you get incredible life-changing results. The Fujian app gives you her evidence-based treatment in the palm of your hand. Download today.